Well, hello there, and welcome to the Small Biz Startup Essentials Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Claremont, and my goal is to help equip you through the personal brand small business startup process by providing you with enough tips and tools in these episodes so that your pivot through the small business startup process goes a lot smoother and you're more profitable quicker. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a like on the platform you're using. You can go to TomClaremont.com for more information on how I can help you with your new startup. Hello again. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Small Biz Startup Essentials Podcast. Very pleased to have with us today, April Sprints from South Florida. April has spent over two decades driving growth for companies through generosity. She started her career in the Air Force and went on to specialize in sales, operations, and marketing, supporting Fortune 500 clients and generating over a billion dollars in combined additional revenue for the companies she served. Three and a half years ago, after her highest earning, seven-figure year in the corporate world, April left to start Driven Outcomes, helping companies around the globe accelerate their businesses. April helps them make their impossible possible using the principles of the generosity culture. April, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So tell us how you started in the realm that you're in with your transition out of the military. And thank you. Thank you for your service, by the way. Oh, thank you. It was absolutely my honor. So when I first got out of the military, one of the things that I found that was surprising is that the military doesn't give you a very accurate viewpoint of what it will be like to transition in the sense that a lot of folks in the civilian world don't really understand what skills and things military members have. And we make it even more difficult for them by using acronyms and terminology that they may not be familiar with. So for me, trying to find a role to use the business degree that I earned while I was in the military was a little challenging. However, what I found was that the best way to do it, which I would recommend to anyone who's transitioning, was to let someone experience what it was like to work with me. So I actually signed up with some various temporary agencies and would just get my foot in the door at a company as at that time an executive assistant, which was the job I'd had in high school. But it gave me exposure, gave me the opportunity to meet people and to really do some some great things with them while I then indicated, hey, I'd I'd really like a different position with the company, and it worked out very well. Today, I would suggest that military members start networking long before they plan to get out because they can really leverage social media in a way that I couldn't at that time, and really getting involved on LinkedIn and starting conversations with people and getting to know contacts will really give them a leg up when they transition into the civilian world. Good advice. Good advice. So you, you got your, you obtained your degree in the military afterwards, um, just signed up doing some temporary work and then sort of made a transition from there into the corporate realm. I did. If I'm candid, I used the opportunity of working at a a large corporation as a temporary employee to harass leadership into hiring me for something else. (laughs) Well, well, I'm sure it didn't take much uh, coaching. uh, If 
I'm sure you're good at what you do. So how did you take the next step from there? So I, I stayed at that company for quite a while, about 10 years, and really learned the ins and outs of marketing and training, project management, operations, and then went into sales and was very successful in that role and very fortunate. And after I'd been the top salesperson for a period of time, I was recruited then to another startup. And it's interesting, that startup actually had a very successful IPO last month. It's a company by the name of Encino that is in the financial industry. And I was just really fortunate because I was recruited very early on, given equity in the company, and we just had a, an unreal trajectory. And it was very fun to be a part of for a few years. And before the company went public, I got to a point where I really felt the need to be helping companies and people in a bigger way than I felt that I could do. Even being a, a top salesperson, you help a lot of different clients, a lot of different people, but I wanted to expand beyond that, which is why I, I left the company to start Driven Outcomes. Interesting. So even though you were very successful in your job, you still had that entrepreneurial urge to take it even further and to help more people by starting your own business. Absolutely. I started my first business when I was six. And I started several other businesses before joining the military to varying levels of success. So I think this was always going to happen. It was just a matter of when. Interesting. So how did you decide what market to go in? Well, I'm actually not in a market. I am industry agnostic. So I help any company regardless of their industry or location. Basically, what I decided was I wanted to help people in any way, shape, or form that I could. And although I had some ideas of the form that would take initially, what I learned and what I would tell any new entrepreneur is get out there and start selling and helping your clients, and they will tell you what you should offer. Okay, good advice, good advice. Now, I see that on your website, you have some great resources. You have free tools, uh, free resources on your website here. And uh, um, I was looking through them, uh, your life and business plan. That's a way for, for someone that you're trying to define success here through these tools. And uh, you use this tool to define success from working backwards. And uh, I'm a big fan of that. I, I've done that for myself and, and offer that uh, same uh, philosophy to others as well. And um, how do you define success for yourself? Well, I, first, I think success is, is different and takes different forms for everyone. And I think that it's great that you recognize that. And for me, success is ultimately measured by the H's, not the M's. And what I mean is success to me is how many people I've helped versus how much money I've made. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about that is when that's your focus, truly helping others, because that's what makes you happy, you get money well beyond what you ever would have went after if that was your number one priority. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's more like it's, I sort of have the giver's gain perspective where, you know, just help people offer content, offer opportunity, and it'll come back to you in one way or another. It sounds like it's sort of that same perspective. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I saw another resource that you offered on, on your website, um, three simple business values that make or break your bottom line. Uh, and um, can you explain that? Absolutely. So I feel that it is exceedingly important for a business to really have values that it operates by, whether you're a solopreneur or a larger business. And the reason for that is twofold. Number one, as a a solo entrepreneur, sometimes you can be so emotionally involved in what's happening, it can make decision-making difficult. But if you have values that represent who you are and what you want to accomplish, you can always go back to those values as a guiding point for yourself to help you make those decisions. If you're a larger company, it's even more important because you need to empower your employees to be able to do the right thing, whether you're there to ask or not. And if they have a great set of values that they all buy into, they can always make decisions by saying what aligns with our values and what we believe we should do in the marketplace and for our clients. Understood. I agree. It's, uh, it, it's like setting your moral compass, so to speak. Absolutely. And even more so than that, setting a direction and really putting a, a a stake in the ground and saying, this is what I stand for. This is who I am. And that way, the people who agree and resonate with those values are going to gravitate towards your company, be it employees or clients. And the people that don't are are going to be pushed away. And while some people think they want any client they can possibly get, you actually want the right clients, the ones that you can help the most and the ones that understand the value you offer. Yes, yes, definitely. I, I agree. You mentioned that uh, also on your website the two characteristics that 100% predict your business success, aptitude and attitude. Can you uh, walk us through that? Sure, absolutely. And most of these things are, are in those free resources that I offer to entrepreneurs. And aptitude, we all know, that's how good we do anything, right? And that is very important to either have or have the capability of gaining aptitude in whatever area you want to pursue, whether it's a business, a new sport, a hobby, doesn't matter. What predicts how good you'll be at increasing that aptitude is your attitude, or as I prefer to call it, mindset. But some folks just think of it as your attitude. So if you have a mindset that works for you instead of against you, you are always going to outperform people who are smarter, more talented, and more experienced. Good stuff. I, I, I'm impressed with, uh, with the free resources you have uh, on your website. It's, uh, it's very, very interesting, very intriguing stuff. So, April, who's your ideal customer? So for me, the clients that I can help the most are in the small to medium-sized business range. So basically, they're a few million dollars in revenue up to $100 million in revenue. Now, I've worked with companies that were larger than that, and I, I enjoy that too. But what I find is when they're that large, making a big difference can take a lot more time and a lot more effort, and even hundreds of millions of dollars can still be a rounding error right? Because they're, they're dealing with such high amounts of, of dollars. Mm-hmm. So the small to medium-sized businesses, I can make such a tremendous life-changing impact for 
both the the leadership and all of the employees. So that's where I prefer to play. I also do work with solopreneurs who are either, you know, at that point where they've had their business for a little while or they they really just want to expand what they've been doing. A lot of folks come to me when they've been very successful up until a certain point and now they don't know what to do to get to that next level of success. And sometimes that next level of success has nothing to do with the money their business is making and everything to do with the balance that they want to have in their life while keeping their business running at the same pace. When you started uh, the generosity culture and driven outcomes, what kind of obstacles did you sort of run into that you had to overcome? So the interesting thing is I, I did not do them at the same time. I started driven outcomes, helped lots of different businesses, and then realized that I was doing it all through generosity. So they didn't happen simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important thing to note because sometimes we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be all of these things and have all of these things in our business from the very beginning. Like we'll compare ourselves to a business that's been around for 10, 20, 30 years. And it's important for folks to view things in iterations. Mm -hmm that, you know, your business 1.0 is not going to be the same as 2.0 and it's going to get bigger and better over time, which is wonderful. Now, the second thing as far as challenges, in the first six months of my business, I made virtually no progress whatsoever. I, I call it my hamster wheel time where I focused on things that didn't really matter for my business because I was afraid of putting myself out there in a big way. So I was like, oh, I need to get a really fancy website and I need to make videos and I need to do all these things. And this is actually, that website is long gone. It's not the one that you see today. Spent a lot of money, a lot of time and effort on it. And that was a mistake because I was just on my own, kind of trying to decide what the market would want from me. And I recognize now that I did that out of fear. And so I always tell people, just put yourself out there. You don't even need a website. Start calling the people who know you. Tell them what your idea is. Ask them if it's something they'd be interested in or if they have any suggestions. Because two things will happen. One, if you're calling people that like and respect you, they're going to tell you the truth if they care about you. Mm -hmm. And you'll get great feedback. But number two, if what you have, what you actually want to offer to the marketplace is valuable to those folks, they will very likely raise their hand and say, you know, I need something just like that. So then you've got some revenue coming in. You've got some opportunities to learn based on selling what you have to these folks. And then you can have a website. And the website will actually reflect what speaks to the folks that you want to work with. Right. So you're sort of saying you want to test the market with, you know, who you are and what you can offer before you, you put the cart before the horse, so to speak. Right. Before you heavily invest in a, a lot of different things, one of the things that I do now is I work with a nonprofit called Warrior Rising, where I will mentor veterans who want to become entrepreneurs after they leave the service. And one of the things that I'm constantly asking them is, who's bought this? How did they like it? And usually they're like, oh, well, I want to get my business plan and this and this and this, and then I'll sell. And I always say, the faster you get feedback on what you have, the better it will be. Whether you keep it exactly the same and you just start moving and, and creating momentum, or you change it so that you haven't invested in 
tons of supplies or creation or anything that is involved in launching a new product or service until you know it's a product or service that people want. Right. I, I, uh, I, I agree. It's, uh, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in the, to, the big to-do list of, of having all the things that you think you need to do. And you can sort of get caught up in playing business for a year or two and, and really have uh, very little income happening because you're so busy doing your to-do list and you haven't really tested the market with who you are and what you offer and, and how you can make an impact. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if folks are either unsure about starting their business, they're scared, or they're at the place where they don't have the money set aside that they can afford that time without an income, that's where starting a business on the side can be amazing mm -hmm. because you do still have your nine to five that is supplying your income and things like that. And, and your business can become that creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And you'll have that great tipping point where you can say, okay, this is all I'm going to do now. Well, April, thanks for uh, talking today from South Florida and your expertise, your uh, expert advice for uh, those getting started in business. Any last comments you wanted to offer? I think if I could leave everyone with one thought, it's this. We can often think that we have a dream that may not be possible for us to accomplish because different people in our life have said that it isn't. However, I would say that that's absolutely untrue because if a dream occurs to you, if there's a business you want to start, if there's something you want to do, the fact that it ever occurred to you means that it is absolutely possible for you. Mm -hmm. You just have to believe in yourself and be open to all the different ways that it can unfold. Amazing advice. Thank you, April. Uh, and how can someone get a hold of you? So they can get a hold of me through my website, drivenoutcomes.com. They can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I try and put a lot of information both there and on my Driven Outcomes YouTube channel to help folks when they're first getting started and might not want to hire someone, but would definitely love some resources and some advice. Good deal, folks. Uh, reach out to April if you um, want some business development uh, coaching. And I'm sure she can do amazing things for you. April, thanks again for your time today. My pleasure, Thomas. Have a great day. That's our episode for today. Thanks for listening. Please let me know what you think of today's episode and your thoughts on the topic. Please give us a like in Apple iTunes or whichever app you're using. It helps us out a lot. Again, for more information about how I can help you through the small business startup process, please go to TomClaremont.com. There you'll find a free download called The 7 P's to Profitability. It addresses the issues and the elements you'll need to have a profitable personal brand business. 